We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. This is the LakersNation.com podcast. We are coming to you from the Blue Wire Studios at the Win in Las Vegas. We are out here covering Summer League. We've got a full desk today. Plenty of uh, pundits here to talk. We've got, of course, editor extraordinaire Daniel Starkand, as well as our contest winners. We've got Ankit and Colby. Guys, welcome in. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Trevor. Excited. Happy to be here. Glad to have you guys out in Las Vegas to talk a little Lakers basketball. The Lakers do finally pick up the win uh, against the Golden State Warriors last night. I had to put it out there on Twitter. I said the Lakers beat the Warriors again. Daniel had the same idea from the Lakers Nation <laughs> account. Always a good day when you can beat the Warriors and those fans that we see so much on social media. But um, let's start there. Let's start with the Lakers win over the Warriors. We've got a lot of things to talk about today, including some interesting comments from Rob Palenka. Let's start, though, with the win over the Warriors. Um, Daniel, what did you see from that game that particularly stood out? Why did they win this one after after losing their previous two? Um, I mean, I mean, I'd say it's it's been pretty much the same. It's been a lot of Max Christie. He's he's looked great. He's continuing to develop more on ball stuff. Um, he had an awesome poster dunk at at the end of the second quarter there. Um, and then all these other guys are just kind of chipping in. Like Colin Castleton continues to fill up the stat sheet. He's he's pretty versatile for a big man. Um, you know, Demoy Hodge is looking like a, a three and D guy, you know, Alex Fudge showing some flashes. So, um, and, and then Cole Swider, I think he had his best game and he kind of closed it out there at the end, hit a big three and actually, uh, had a little dunk through some contact there. So, um, all around team effort, but, uh, but I, I think Max Christie is kind of been stepped up as the leader of this group and, and he's really impressed me. Uh, on Ken, what are your thoughts on, on Max Christie? I think he's really, really taken his game to another level. Oh, yeah. It's been super exciting seeing Max Christie develop three three level score. That dunk during the game that he had, <laughs> taking it to the rim was outrageous. I was sitting a few rows back and he raised up. I was like, no, he's not about to do that. And he just <laughs> drilled it home. But I think you're really starting to see his maturity, um, which is fantastic. That backup role for um, the two spot behind Austin Reeves is, is his spot to take or his spot to lose. So uh, it's nice to see him really separate from the pack and, you know, make a run at that, you know, getting good minutes for us uh, this coming season. So it's nice to see that development. Yeah, I think he is going to take on that, yeah. that backup two role. See, he seems determined to get it. In fact, Dan Daniel, you had a really great interaction with him mm -hmm. last night in the postgame presser where you asked him about that dunk. What, what yeah. happened there? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he said, I asked him, I said, where does that dunk rank? I mean, he's obviously, you know, still very young. He's only 20 years old, but he said it's, a, he said it's at the top of the list. Um, 
And, and I agreed. I mean, that was that was awesome. He was getting MVP chance after CEC. He said he felt like Austin Reeves out there. So uh, the, vi the vibes are high. And, and obviously, you know, he's he's been putting in the work and, and it's cool to see him kind of reap the benefits of that. Colby, are we at a point now where as great as Max Christie has been, is this another situation where the Lakers are going to have to pay a guy a year early because they didn't use what's now being known as the Rob Palenka rule? It feels like it is, Trevor. Um, you know, we'll see just because he's been great in summer league. Uh, his creation especially has been something I don't think any of us really expected. Uh, but, you know, his role with the Lakers in the season is going to be obviously vastly different. Um, but just from the flashes we've seen, it looks like he's going to be a real pivotal part of the Lakers rotation and probably going to end up having to pay him year early, just like THT, just like Austin Reeves. And it's a, another one of those cases where it's too bad the Rob Palenka rule wasn't in last year. Right? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let, let's use that for, uh, for Max Lewis and Colin Castleton, please. Maybe Des Moines Hodge as well. Actually, you know, you know, we don't spend much time talking about Des Moines Hodge. We spend a lot of time talking about Christy, of course, because he's great. And we'll talk about him more in the show. Um, and we talk about Max Lewis but, uh, and Colin Castleton. But Des Moines Hodge, you know, Daniel, you and I were sitting there during the game and you kept noticing the stuff that he yeah. was doing. He just... He just seems to put himself in the right place at the right time, and the shooting is impressive. Is this is this maybe another find here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I looked at you like three or four times last night, and I was like, wow, like this Hodge kid like really has something. I, I think on the defensive end, he has really good instincts. Um, and and we've been I feel like we sit here talking about every year saying how the Lakers need three and D wings. They need guys that could defend some of the bigger wings in the league while also being able to knock down a corner three. And we saw that from him last night. He had three threes. So. If he could continue that, I think that's an easy way to lead to a role at the next level. I know he's he's on a two-way deal right now, um, so I, I'm not expecting him to you know be in the rotation this season necessarily. But if if that's a guy you have in your program and you could develop him into, you know, you know what his role is going to be, um, I, I think that's really valuable. Yeah, it's almost I, I almost hesitate to put him in this category, but he reminds me a little bit of like. ACP light, maybe. I was say that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what What are you seeing from him, him on kit? Yeah, no, I, I think KCP's the comp is somewhat almost perfect. You kind of get the same feel of KCP when you watch him play, but the three balls going down, we can always use shooting. I think uh, the defensive intensity is there. Not sure how much run he's gonna get this year at the point guard spot, but you know we'll see how he develops. But I think he's an intriguing prospect. His his college tapes were amazing when you when you see his highlights. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but yeah, yeah, same. He he's been great. Don't know how much of a role he's gonna have, but I think he's definitely somebody going forward. You know, post LeBron, post AD, I think he's really gonna shine for the future Lakers. Um, he's made a name for himself in this this summer league, like at least through these three games so far. Lakers scouting department remains undefeated. They just yep. they just find these guys. It, it, it's amazing. Credit to, to Jesse Buss and, of course, the whole scouting department for doing what they do because they just keep finding these guys that wind up being players down the road. And we'll see. Who knows whether or not, you know, we're going to see Des Moines Hodge on the full team or not. You, you just At this point, Summer League, it's always too early to jump to any conclusion. But still, good to see these guys out there and doing some positive things, particularly these guys who they find undrafted because that is just absolutely found gold. Um, we do need to – we're going to talk about some more of the players, but – we need to talk about a comment that Rob Palenka made on the broadcast last night where he mentioned, and this was a shocker to me, that Jackson Hayes, the reason why they signed him was not just to play center, but also to play power forward or to, to push AD to power forward and play next to Anthony Davis. I felt like we were begging for this to happen last season when they had Thomas Bryant, when they had Mobamba, guys who could shoot the three. 
Jackson Hayes, not necessarily that. Uh, Daniel, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this? It kind of took me by surprise that now with just two centers on the roster right now, mm-hmm. suddenly it's, hey, let's move AD back to the four. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm not really buying it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and, and this is something we talked about last night. Like, that could have been kind of like a little message to some of the free agents out there. Maybe a guy like a Christian Wood, like, hey, if you come here, it's not just as a backup role to AD in a 12 to 14 minute per game, you know, type deal. You might be playing with him. You might even start next to him. Like, who knows how things might play out. Um, but I... I I, w- I wouldn't mind another center next to AD. I'm just not really buying it with Jackson Hayes in particular. Like, and, and even going back to last year when they acquired Mo Bamba, there was a lot of talk. Darvin Ham mentioned multiple times, like, I want to see him next to Anthony Davis. And I think that would make more sense because he, he's a guy who could stretch the floor. And as we know, AD is not necessarily a floor stretcher at this point in his career. So you need someone else out there that could space the floor. And and even with Mo Bamba, I know he only played like nine or 10 games or whatever it was, but we did not see him for a second on the floor with AD. Mm-hmm. So um, right now, I, I think it's all talk. We'll see. I know they, they keep saying they want to go back to the Dwight and JaVel thing from 2020, but I, I think we also need to remember in that playoffs, they kind of went away from that. And I think it was very matchup dependent. Um, I know in a series like the Nuggets, you, you need big men, but a lot of other teams, you might not necessarily need that. So... We'll see. Um, uh, if it's a recruiting pitch to a guy like Christian Wood, I'm all for it. But I, I, de- I definitely don't want to see Jackson Hayes and AD playing, you know, 15 minutes a game together. Look, look at that. Look at that. We've got Danny. We've got the editor extraordinaire reading between the lines saying this is a shout out. Hey, Christian Wood, you are not just going to play a backup role if you come to the Lakers. Maybe even Bismack Biombo. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll, see. Yeah. we'll see. But let's, what's the benefits Guys, let's throw it out to the whole panel here. What's the what are the benefits of using AD at the four? What are what what do the Lakers gain from doing that? I mean, you get a lot bigger, right? Uh, we 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 saw size kind of hurt us on the offensive uh, rebounding end. We would get killed by a lot of teams in the playoffs in the regular season. You have Jackson Hayes and an AD out there. He's not the anchor on defense. He gets some help rebounding. Um, so I think that's advantageous. We've seen that dual big model before in 2020 work really well especially when that secondary big is, is active on the weak side, getting block shots on the weak side. I think it could, it could anchor our defense and, and turn it back into that model. So I think there's a benefit there. I think there's even an added underlying benefit in terms of like injury uh, prevention, at least for LeBron and AD. Like we saw last season, LeBron had some of the most rebounds he's had in a season for several years, um, just because the nature of the team, he had to jump up and grab a lot of boards. If you play bigger, you know, it, that takes a load off of LeBron, off of AD, having to jump up and contest every rebound, um, really fight for boards. There were some rebounds in the playoffs. LeBron and AD would have to truly go up and, like, strong arm their way to it. And that just takes just a lot out of them. Um, so I think, you know, playing bigger definitely it, it benefits you in that way. And also in the fact that I think the difference between Jackson Hayes and uh, like a Mo Bamba or Thomas Bryant, he can defend at the four. He's a lot more switchable, can defend on the perimeter a, a lot better than those guys. You wouldn't really trust him to do it, but Mo Bamba and Thomas Bryant, there's no way you ever want them guarding on the perimeter. Whereas Jackson Hayes, he can somewhat hold his own depending on who he's guarding. Well, of course, you know, there, there's going to be some drawbacks here. In fact, I, you know, I just went over to cleaning the glass and pulled up Jackson Hayes. He played a decent amount of minutes for the Pelicans last season at power forward. It's not pretty. <laughs> he's, he in he played forty one percent of his minutes at power forward. He was a net minus fifteen point two, which ranked in the fifth percentile 
at the position. So obviously there's going to be some drawbacks. Now, again, that, that's going to be next to Jonas Valanciunas. So it's a totally different world playing next to Anthony Davis. So I'm not saying this is a disaster or anything like that, but there are some pros, like you guys said. What are the cons? What are the negatives to doing this? Uh, I'll, I'll go first and just point out one and then and then pass it over to you guys. I'd say one negative is you're putting LeBron and AD in tougher defensive matchups just because they're your three and your four. Um, so if you're playing a team like the Clippers who have you know Kawhi and Paul George or the Celtics with Tatum and Jalen Brown or whatnot, the, LeBron's going to have to take on some of those defensive challenges. AD's going to be on the perimeter, probably guarding smaller type guys. Um, so I just think as as great as it is on the inside, like you guys said, I think on the perimeter, it's not necessarily ideal. Yeah, if 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 AD's not hitting his jump shot like he was in 2020, and you know he's focusing on the paint. Now you have Jackson Hayes there, who's a rim rim runner. Uh, he's going to the rim on the pick and roll. I, that's going to crowd the paint even further. Yep. How's LeBron going to operate? Right. Even Reeves gets to the gets to the lane as well. So you know, it could make our offense that much more challenging. Yep. You know, for and, and is that worth it on the defensive end? What, what you get there? So, um, you know, LeBron needs space to maneuver. Um, and, and we have Reeves and, and even D'Lo shifty in the mid range too. So I just, I, I need to see that perimeter game from AD. I'm hoping he can get that 15 range, you know, 15 footer, 18 footer, even back to that 33% from three, you know, something, but, uh, back in the paint, I think would be a, a real drawback on offense. Yeah. And I think I speak for us all when I say we don't want to see Anthony Davis in the corner on offense. <laughs> right. Yep. right. With Jackson Hayes, I think yeah. we might see that a bit. Um, and none of us want to see it. So it's really more contingent on 80s outside game developing. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how Darvin Ham implements it uh, for the offense. Um, you know, he's typically back in Milwaukee. He paired Giannis, who couldn't shoot, really, with Brooke Lopez, who can shoot. So it's not the same dynamic at all. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, I was thinking about that corner thing with, with Anthony Davis. And we saw in the Denver series, as short as it was, um, that he would get to the corner. And then the last couple of games, he started actually shooting the corner three. And I was wondering, maybe is that the path to getting Anthony Davis's shooting? Give him the shortest three on the floor and just say, hey, can you hit 33 34% from here? Is that the best shot the Lakers have? Or is it just, did we see, because we saw for weeks there, AD in the corner to space, but they would never give him the ball. He wouldn't shoot that shot if he did get it. And so it was kind of, it, it was wasted. Is it, if they're going to do that action, is it dependent upon AD's corner three coming around? Or is that just, we should not go there? Yeah, it, it's mm -hmm. tough. I, I think it's kind of dependent on his corner three coming around. Um, and, you know, it could, it very well could. Phil Handy, he's one of the best, so... It's possible that it can get to something where it's, you know, we can, like teams will respect it because that's ultimately what's needed is teams to respect it. Um, but we haven't really seen that since 2020. So we'll, we'll see what his shot's looking like uh, this season. All right, and then there is a domino effect to this, of course. If Jackson Hayes and Anthony Davis are getting minutes at the same time on the floor, I think that makes the Lakers' lack of center depth an even bigger issue. So, Daniel, where do we where do we go from? I mean, it's pretty clear they need a big, but yeah. the free agent pool it is uh, just a bit shallow. Yeah, it feels like the options are kind of dwindling dwindling by the day. We saw uh, Paul Reed signs an offer sheet offer sheet with uh, Utah today. So at this point, we know that the Lakers can only offer the minimum. Um, they're probably I would assume they might be waiting on Christian Wood because they know they could circle back to you know guys like Tristan or or Wenyan or even Abismac Biombo, like you mentioned. 
Um, those guys are, are probably going to be out there for a little while. And I think Christian Wood is, we, we talk about having a center out there that could space the floor with AD. He, he would provide that. He doesn't exactly provide the rim protection on the defensive end, but if you're getting him for the minimum, you know, you, you know, that player is going to have some warts. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think we're like, you know, they're, they're, they got one more roster spot to fill. I, I think it's absolutely going to a big man. Um, Colin Castleton is someone we haven't really mentioned yet. We'll probably get into him. He's he's looked good in summer league, and and who knows, he could you know he could be the next Austin Reeves where he gets upgraded to to a standard roster spot if this continues. Um, but but yeah, I definitely think they need to add someone. Um, and, and you know it's it's going to be a minimum guy, so you're not looking at someone you know who's going to come in and play 30 minutes a game or whatever. Sure. Sure. All right. So who's the who's the favorite out of who's out there? Out of the guys who are on the market right now, if you could pick any of them, who are you taking? I think the sure shot person for me is Biombo. I mean, the interior defensive there, he's played in bigger moments. You know, he's gotten rotation minutes. So I think that's the sure shot. But question to all of you, Christian Wood, there's this whole thing on he's a defensive liability. You know, uh, he's, he's, he's lazy, doesn't move well. He can score. And I think I've seen it on, on Twitter, on social media, but if we pair him with AD and you get that spread, you know, him on the perimeter, AD down in the post, does some of his defensive liabilities actually get masked with AD there? Where he, he's not the anchor like he was in Dallas. And does that kind of optimize him in our, in our system versus another system and make him a better option? Because if that can happen, I, I mean, it's, I think, yeah, we're night and day with him. Yeah. If that's the case, yeah, I agree, and I think it's it's definitely possible. Um, Ad, I think we all agree, he's probably the best defender in the world, if mm-hmm. not one of the best. Um, he definitely has the ability to mask a lot of Christian Wood's deficiencies defensively, and I think just looking at Christian Wood, he's a dude who, in 25 minutes off the bench, gave you 16 and seven on 62 percent true shooting. Right, that's like that's not a minimum guy, if we're mm-hmm. being honest. Yep. And there are rumors out there that he's only being offered minimums. So if we can get him on a minimum, I like I say you take the gamble. Um, if if the defense defense doesn't work out, you know, oh well, he's on a vet min. So it's one of those things where the upside is much much higher than the risk. Yeah, the the upside is definitely there with a player like him. He's again, he's more talented than a veteran minimum contact contract would suggest. The offensive end, oof, that could be wonderful. AD and him on the floor. I mean, it could be a perfect fit with those two guys on the offensive end next to each other. The question is defense. And where I get concerned is we saw D'Angelo Russell get targeted defensively right. uh, in the postseason. So you're already asking Anthony Davis, hey, you've got to kind of pick up for whatever D'Angelo Russell can't do. And I'm not against D'Lo. He does some great things out there on the offensive end. This isn't an anti-D'Lo thing. But just you know you have to make up for him defensively. Austin, LeBron, not necessarily worried about, about them on the defensive end of the floor. But... If you put another guy out there in Christian Wood where you're asking AD, hey, all right, you got to make up for D'Lo. Now you got to make up for, for Christian Wood as well. That's where maybe you start to overload him a little bit. Now, again, though, if scheme-wise, you can figure out a way to get him to be average, not great, not right. good, just, just an average defensive player, then it mitigates so much of this. But that's going to be the big question. If you do get him, and I hope they do because I think he could be a great fit. But if you do get him, it's going to be can you get his defense up to a passable level um, Daniel, you mentioned Colin Castleton, though. Mm-hmm. If Biombo's off the board, mm-hmm. if Christian Wood is off the board, is that maybe the Lakers' best option? Is just just Colin Castleton? Here we go. He, he's become integral to mm-hmm. their summer league team. Yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely really intriguing. I mean, he's shown a lot of different things that he could do. Um, I still think there's some development needed there. I think we talked about this yesterday. He needs to get stronger. 
Um, he's got nice touch around the basket. If he could stretch that out a little bit, um, that would obviously help when, when you're talking about playing next to an Anthony Davis. So I like Castleton. I would not be opposed to him, you know, taking uh, that roster spot. But I also think one thing you need to consider is I know when you're putting your roster together, you're not necessarily thinking about other teams, but you're the Lakers. You know, you need to go through the Denver Nuggets to, to win it all. Like, that's just the reality of things. And as we saw in the Western Conference Finals last year, they didn't really have another big man to throw at Jokic. Like, they, they went to Tristan way late in the series and actually had a little success. But I think you need someone that you could put in for at least 10 minutes a game or, or eight minutes a game, whatever it is, to, to, you know, bang with Jokic down low a little bit, you know, waste a few fouls, make him work hard. Um, and I don't know if Castleton is at that stage yet. I think he's probably a year or two away from, from being able to do that. Um, so that's, that's why I like Biombo. I think he would be kind of perfect in that type of role. Um, but if he's off the board, if Christian Wood isn't a realistic option, which he's probably not, if we're being honest, then, then I think I'd have Castleton next in line there. Well, and let me ask you guys this then, because the Lakers historically, they've left their 15th roster spot open. Yep. We talk about Christian Wood. We talk about kind of a small, even if it's a Wenyon, a smaller big to put out there for some versatility. Is this a situation, especially if the Lakers are going to use Jackson Hayes and Anthony Davis next to each other, where this should be a full 15-man roster here? Now, again, the Lakers did save $1.9 million, their mid-level exception. They'll be able to go chase somebody off the buyout market using that money, and I, I imagine they are planning to do so. But if you can get somebody on, say, a non-guaranteed deal, is it worth it to potentially have not just one more big, but two? Yeah, I mean, it gives us more optionality. Um, you can bring back a guy like Wenyon, maybe on that non-guaranteed deal, who has that high motor, but wasn't big enough to guard fives, didn't shoot well enough to play at the four at all times, was kind of that tweener, but he was good to have when you need that energy off the bench. Um, and then with four options versus just three, you can kind of mix and match and, and, and seed, hey, does that dual lineup work with AD and one of the bigs? Uh, is it a specific big? Is it, you know, can a non-AD lineup of two of them work, right? Um, so I think it gives optionality, and, and yeah, it would have to be the non-guaranteed, I would think, on that 15th roster spot. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it would make sense. My only fear is Darvin Ham doesn't really have a history, at least last season, of really playing his bigs. I mean, we saw Damian right. Jones sit on the bench <laughs> for the entire season, essentially, until he got traded. Um, so it's it's one of those things where if we have multiple bigs, how many of them will actually get playing time? Um, and like you said, Trevor, that $1.9 million they saved to the MLE, I think there's going to be some good guys out there who could potentially hit the buyout market, like, you know, if Reggie Bullock doesn't shoot well enough to get traded, he's maybe a guy that could get bought out and could immediately have impact on the Lakers later in the second half of the season. Um, so I, I think when it comes down to it, I'd rather they save that last 15th roster spot. Um, but if you can get somebody who's non-guaranteed, you can just waive them later. Um, it, you know, might as well take the flyer. I mean, it's not our money, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about some of our, our other guys here. Obviously, Colin Castleton, his name's got to be got to be in the mix. What about Cole Swider? Who I mean, he just he continues to just shoot the hell out of the ball. He, he is he is an elite level shooter. Why should he not just get one of these one of these spots that we're that we're talking about here? The Lakers need shooting. Cole Swider's a great shooter. What gives? Well, for, first of all, I, I think he he still needs got a long way to go on the defensive end of the floor. I, first of all, or second of all, I guess he's he's gotten stronger. I'll give him that. We saw him up close last night. His his legs are thick. He's looking bigger. 
Um, but he's still got pretty slow feet. I think he's got to be quicker. So I think we see, especially in a playoff type scenario, you see guys who who can't defend in space. They're going to get attacked every possession pretty much. Um, and I, I think that's what would happen with Cole. But look, sh- shooting is hard to find in this league. Um, everyone's looking for shooting, and and he's shown that he could definitely sh- you know shoot the ball. So. Um, he's on a two-way deal, which is good. They got him for another year. Um, I don't think you necessarily need to, you know, up that to a standard deal when you already have him on a two-way. Um, but but that's a good guy to have. You know, when when we're sitting here in January and maybe AD's out for a couple weeks, uh, a couple other guys are hurt, and you need someone to come in and provide a spark. Um, Cole could be a guy that you know could provide that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's one of those things where I feel like the two-way deal is kind of the better um, thing for him. Like Daniel was saying, if some guys are hurt, we need to call him up. You call him up, he gets some run. I don't especially given the nature of the current Lakers roster, they got a lot of like six, eight, six, nine wings on the roster now. Um, and it's so it's one of those things. I don't see a lot of room for him really to get a lot of playing time. Um, but on a two-way deal, yeah, definitely like Daniel said, you know, we got some guys hurt, come up. You, we know he can shoot. So it's we're not at, we wouldn't be asking him to do a lot. Um, it would just be come in, shoot the ball, and give us what you got. And he's a lead at that to his credit. Yeah, he's a specialist. I mean, we've seen him knock down a lot of threes in summer league and the G league. I think with him, if he does get minutes with us, he'd be an interesting candidate for if we were to run those two bigs, why we would run because he's going to get run off the floor on defense. He's slower guarding these wings. Where are we going to place him? Really? Who is he going to defend? So if we need to mask him, I think having that rim protection in those two bigs would do well for a guy like Swider. If he can get those minutes and he can prove that he could shoot at that NBA level, but he is a lead at that. I think the two-way, like what both of you said, is is the way to go. He's not ready for that roster spot just yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the question's always been, can the defense get to where where he needs it to be in order to stay on the floor? But the shooting, oh man, it is it is so great. Um, let's wrap up by talking about Max Lewis, 
who is another just really, really interesting player. Lakers were able to get him in the second round. In fact, they even they spent over $4 million so they can move up seven spots just to make sure that they could get this guy. A uh, little bit inconsistent so far in summer league, but we're talking about three summer league games. What is it in Max Lewis that they liked so much? Why did they, they target him? Daniel, let's start with you. Well, I, I think, first of all, when you see him up close, like he's really tall and, and long. So that having that length on the wing is very valuable. It's something the Lakers have lacked pretty much every year now. And, and they finally kind of addressed it, you know, this this offseason by drafting Max, by signing Cam Reddish and Torian Prince. We've never seen this many wings on the Lakers roster before. But I, I think that's what's intriguing with him. He, he's a really good athlete. Um, so he he's kind of... I talked about Demoy Hodge earlier. He could kind of fill that similar role as a three and D wing type guy. Um, you mentioned the inconsistencies. I, I think he's a really young guy. Um, he's coming from a smaller program in Pepperdine, so he wasn't playing necessarily the top level competition in college. So he's kind of more of a project. Um, I think he's going to spend a lot of this season at the G League level, you know, developing his game more. But uh, definitely, really, some traits that are really intriguing. Yeah, uh, and I think he he has some adjusting to do to the NBA. You know, at Pepperdine, he was the guy. Yep. Um, it was everybody was looking to him to do everything essentially, and that's just not going to be his role in the NBA. Um, so I think there's some adjust. There's going to be an adjusting period for him. Um, but I think he has a bright future. Uh, whether or not he'll get a lot of play for the Lakers, I think it's going to mostly be contingent on health um, of the other players. You know, if, if guys start to go down, then I think we can see some Maxwell Lewis. Or, you know garbage time hopefully if Lakers are blowing some teams out then he can get some run in fourth quarters um, but there's definitely room for him to get some some play with the team this season um, I don't think right now we need to see more of him in summer league before I can say like if he should be with the G League team or not throughout the season um, but you know uh, high hopes for him for sure yeah he's got the archetype of a three and D wing that you know all teams lost over and it's great having six or seven of them on our roster. That's an exaggeration versus like nine guards last season. Yep. Um, but he's rangy. He can shoot at all three levels. He has the tools to be a good defender. I think the G League is going to be catered to his type of game, and we're going to see that kind of explosion that Christie had in the G League, get that kind of comfortability. The game's going to slow down a little bit for him, but um, I think he's, he's an intriguing, intriguing prospect. I'm happy we got him at 40. Yeah. You know, I thought he was going to be a late first rounder. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Palinka rule, please. It would be fantastic to see him on, on a long-term deal. Well, yeah, we were talking about this last night, how, of course, they put in the Palinka rule, and that's the one year the Lakers don't use their full mid-level exception. <laughs> so, in theory, they could have given that to Lewis. But glad that rule's in place just for, for future. You know. right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, this is this is actually our, our last topic here. We've got uh, Jalen Huchifino. I mean, the, the 17th pick. Uh, what was he? He was like 3 for 10 against the Warriors, something like that, 3 for 11. Um, what are we thinking on on him? There's a lot of Lakers fans a little bit nervous right now about JHS because that uh, that jumper has been a little bit errant. Uh, Daniel, your thoughts? Yeah, well, I'll start with the positives first. I think he's got a, a really good NBA body for his yeah. age. Like, he's he's really thick, uh, good size for a guard. Um, so so when you look into the future as far as development, that that's good to see. I, I think you mentioned the jump shot. I think that's that's what, you know, he needs to develop more, both from the mid-range and from the three, of course. Um, you know, he, he's good at getting into the paint. He could create for others. Um, he's tough on the defensive end. So there's a lot that you like. Uh, but also, I, I think kind of similar to Max Lewis, he's probably a year or two away from, from being, you know, an NBA rotation type player, which is not ideal for a team looking to compete right now, especially when there was so much trade talks around the draft of who could the Lakers turn 
the 17th pick into like what you know veteran could we get they ultimately keep it and and ideally you want a guy that could come in and, and contribute right away but when you look at the rest of the roster um there's not a lot no, not a whole lot of minutes out there so I, I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing in the world so I'm still high on him long term but I, I think it's going to be more of a two-year project type deal yeah no I I'm a huge fan of JHS I know the Lake Laker Nation Laker fans are nervous they wanted other people maybe in the draft but He's poised, he's got IQ, and he's got grit, and he just has that dog in him. And you can't really teach that to players, right? They just have that. And I think that's a good foundation to build on. Can we ease him in? I think, yes, he could get some spot minutes. We have Gabe Vincent there. We have D'Angelo Russell. We don't have to rush him into the rotation, which I think is great. Um, you know, he'll get those G League reps. I mean, he tacks the rim at a at a high level. And I think that was his not coming out of Indiana because they had the two bigs, but we're seeing that as like the primary part of his game, which I thought is, is awesome. Um, jump shot will come. I'm not too worried about that. That mid range is going to be there, but it's the grit and the toughness for me. And I think he completely has that. And I think that's going to take him, take him far. So yeah, it's a project. We're not going to get, you know, a, a player that's going to get you 15 and six or seven, you know, we have a deep roster, so we ease him in, but I think he'll be just fine for us. Yeah. And building off what you said about his IQ, I think that's the highlight of him for me. Um, he's a real high IQ player. And typically when those guys play with other high IQ players, that's when they start to build those chemical reactions. Like we saw Austin Reeves, his rookie year playing with LeBron right. just unlocked his entire game in terms of the chemical reactions they would make and, just, you know, him improving. And like you said, the jump shot, it'll come. Austin's three ball was not there his rookie year. And then second year just exploded with it. So it's one of those things I think he just needs time and reps. Um, but high hopes for him. I'm really looking forward to him and Austin uh, in backcourt together in the future, what they're yeah. going to do. Um, and I know the Lakers, that was one of their – uh, like their foresight things when they drafted him. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, that, that's very much something the Lakers are looking forward to is seeing – not necessarily right away, but JHS and Austin Reeves next to each other in a backcourt and how they really play off of each other. I'll tell you, the, the jump shot is a concern for now, but that size, I mean, my goodness, when, when, we're, when we're sitting down there, Daniel, we're, we're in press row and we're watching him, it, like it's, it stands out how mm -hmm. big and just physically strong this guy is at the point guard position, 6'6 six, six in shoes, technically, I guess. But I mean, he he looks the part of just a big, strong, physical guy. And and like you said, this is this is a guy where we said, what's it going to look like with NBA spacing, right? He's taken all these mid-range jumpers, but is that because the paint is so clogged? And so far, the answer has mostly been yes in summer league, NBA spacing. And next thing you know, he's getting to the rim like crazy and he can absorb contact. So I'm still really high on him long term. But that jumper does have to come around, and, and yep. sometimes it doesn't. So, mm -hmm. fingers crossed, hopefully it does. But if it does, then I think the Lakers probably got a really good one here. Yeah, and one thing I really want to see with him, I'd love to see him just attached to Max Christie's hip for the next year. Yes. Because if you look at Max's development from a year ago until now, it's it's honestly, you know, insane. Uh, he was he kind of like JHS. He was afraid to shoot jumpers yep. last summer league last year. And, and if you look at Max's jumper now, um, it, it looks good and, it, and it's going down for him. So if he could just live in the gym for the next year, um, Max had to put on 15 pounds of muscle, which he did. JHS doesn't necessarily need that. So he's already got a leg up there. Um, so if he could just live in the gym, work on that jumper, um, I, I think, you know, he's, he's got a really high ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So I think the pick still can pay off, even if 
you know, the jumper isn't there quite yet. Hang in there, Lakers yeah. fans. That, that's what we're saying with JHS because the reward long-term could be massive. All right. Well, guys, this was fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Ankit, Colby, thank you guys for, for coming on here. Uh, you guys had fantastic submissions to the LakersNation.com fan contest and uh, had a blast uh, talking Lakers with you guys. Yep. Always love talking Lakers with, uh, with you guys, Lakers Nation. Uh, it was a blast to be here for sure. Yeah. Appreciate the opportunity. This was amazing. Uh, definitely uh, going to be a memory. More content to come. Guys, you want to uh, shout out your, your social handles so everybody knows where to find you? Yep. Uh, for me, at Colby underscore Dumas at, uh, on Twitter is where you can find me. Yep. For me, at World of AO on Instagram and Twitter. These, and, these guys know their stuff, They man. do. <laughs> they do. These guys are great. These guys are great. Um, Daniel, editor extraordinaire. Always great having you on and talking, talking Lakers with you. You're reading between the lines. Great stuff, man. Absolutely. Can't, can't beat being in the studio in Las Vegas for the Summer League. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite weeks of the year. For sure. For sure. Always something that we look forward to. But Lakers Nation, thank you guys so much for, for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. And, of course, follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya. And stay safe.